Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh my goodness, it's been so long, y'all, but I am so excited to be back. For those of you who are new here, I'm Nadia Okamoto and I am an author, I guess. (laughs) I'm an author, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an accidental TikToker. Um, and I am also the host of Tigris. Tigris is a podcast that I've been doing for over a year now, but for the last couple of months, I've taken a little break and we're going to get into the juicy details of what that break was for because I know it was rather unannounced. But I just want to thank all of you, especially our OG listeners for maybe coming back to this podcast because I really do hope that this can be a weekly time of my week, of our week, where I don't know. We just kind of stop what we're doing, put our phones down, not look at social media, scrolling through 15 second videos, although I love those too, you know, and really just take time to reflect on how we're feeling and just the emotions. And to be honest, the hard conversations and trauma that I know I run away from for a lot of, a lot of my daily life. As a little bit of backstory, I started this podcast over a year ago originally just for myself. Like it wasn't even a podcast I was publishing anywhere. It was just a series of voice memos that I would do in my phone instead of journaling because, you know, I've always been a big fan of journaling, but because of this, these like nervous hand cramps slash carpal tunnel that I'm getting in my hands, I can only really journal for maybe three to five single spaced pages. And then my hand starts to cramp up. So In like late 2020, I started just doing these voice memos on my phone and not putting them anywhere. And I guess it's a podcast in that sense, or maybe it's not because I wasn't putting them anywhere. But that's what it was. And then slowly in my own tricksy way, I realized that it was a habit that I wasn't really respecting and I wanted to keep it up. 
So I thought a great way to hold myself accountable for having this reflection time regularly was to post it publicly. Um, And so that's what I started doing. And I, at the time, had no idea uh, about anything regarding any sort of podcast industry. I had just Googled like how to get your podcast on Spotify and then was just like uploading it to random platforms. And it was really just a way to have like my inner social media community um, get to know me a little bit more in a way that they might not be able to just from, you know, very, very short and sweet content that they might see on TikTok. And it worked because for me, being able to know that I was creating something from my heart to share with people that I do care about, even if I don't you know, know y'all personally, um, it made it so that getting being on top of this schedule of reflecting or just having important conversations with friends um, about topics that we might not otherwise discuss publicly or anything like that. It was something that I really did hold myself accountable for. And I have been able to just find the most incredible community from this Tigress podcast, whether it be around being a survivor or having borderline personality disorder or just general anxiety or, you know, being an Asian American woman, being pansexual in a heterosexual relationship, you know, we really don't sit in any sort of box around what this podcast is. Um, and that's one of the things that I really love about it. And, you know, I did the podcast uh, every single week with a new episode every single Wednesday for one year. And then a few months ago, I stopped and I knew I was going to come back in some way. Um, and I just wasn't really sure how I could get my head into the right space. And I do apologize for maybe leaving some of y'all regular listeners hanging. Um, But it's really because I didn't have the vocabulary to really verbalize why I needed a small break. And so that's what we're going to get into today. All the juicy details of, you know, I think for me, facing an issue I've had with my relationship with social media at different points throughout my career. So let's get into it. But overall, I'm just excited to be back and we have so much to catch up about. And I feel like I've spent the last couple months, you know, just in a lot of conversation with some of the listeners here, um, just trying to get a sense of what you resonated with, you know, what you want to hear more of. So I'm so excited for what's in store. And yeah, let's get into it. Something I've been really open about before is that I have borderline personality disorder. And How I explain that to people who maybe have never heard of BPD before is that to me, it feels like imposter syndrome, questioning myself and questioning who I am is very much a part of me. It's not a little thing that I experience, but it's something that I feel every day in everything I do in my existence. And a lot of people are surprised to hear that I have that insecurity or kind of like lack of sense of self because. I think they see me online and I appear with so much confidence and, you know, what I hope to be like a bold understanding of my values and what I believe. And I do in many ways, but I think how a lot of my um, struggle with self-image and, you know, who I am manifests in living not for myself or putting my desires or interests or even like sense of value, not living for myself, but living for a different purpose, whether that be living for another person um, or living for work, like attaching my self-worth to 
external validation, right? It's the idea that, you know, I, you know, in the darkest of terms, like I do not have value because I'm a person. I have value because I have some sort of utility that can, you know, give value to others. It it honestly sounds very capitalistic and in many ways it is. Like, what is my utility and am I worthless without that utility? You know, it makes me, it makes me very prone to being a workaholic in the sense because, you know, my desire to work makes me feel like I'm worthwhile. And I know a lot of people might um, relate to that, but I think sometimes for me, it feels really extreme. Like if I don't work, then I am worthless. And if I don't, you know, have that external validation, then I'm worthless or I'm just a waste of space. And it sounds really dark when I say it, but also when I say those words, like it feels really true. Like that is that is how I feel like I've trained myself in my head for so many years. And of course, a lot of it is related to my childhood trauma, right? Feeling like I owed or, you know, sought my own self-worth because of, you know, the desire I felt from abusers or felt from relationships and eventually felt from work. And I think that it makes it hard for me to be an influencer sometimes because I think it's really important when you have a large public following to like, know who you are because a lot of people will say shit about you. A lot of people will have opinions. A lot of people will make judgments even when they don't know you. And so it's really important to know who you are so you can have that thick skin. But I don't always have that because I have this, you know, mental health disorder. But also social media has been something that I grew up with that in many ways, as I was hitting puberty, as I was figuring out who I was, I did all of that on social media, right? Like I made my first social media account when I was eight years old. I hit puberty, um, you know, at the alongside posting on social media every day. And back then it was Instagram. TikTok didn't even exist back then. But I think all this to say, like, I personally, speaking for myself, I don't know about the whole social media generation, I really sometimes struggle to separate, like, who I am online with who I am by myself. And while I can put my phone away and walk away from it, and I don't think I'm addicted to my phone, and that's a really good thing. It's something that I work really intently on. I think even when I put down my phone, I don't lose that feeling of living for the audience or living for the purpose of viewers or the validation or all of that. So kind of taking it back to what I was sharing at the beginning of like why I started this podcast, like I wanted to start this podcast because it it's a beautiful, special time where like right now I'm literally sitting, staring at the wall, just like looking so internally on my inner thoughts that I don't really create space in other parts of my life to share. I also think it comes from a desire to find community around people from, you know, with people who might feel similarly. And I think that kind of what happened over the last year was that I started to find myself as suddenly like a podcast host, where as a podcast host, it's a lot about the numbers of, you know, how do you grow your podcast to be able to have ads and grow the audience? And how do you talk about topics that will hit the mainstream and, you know, become the next best podcast? And Look, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. We live in a world that is an attention economy. And obviously, like, you know, we have a team that we want to support and everything. 
But I think that in many ways, like, I don't think I had the amount of self-awareness to, at the time, to really protect the specialness of Tigris and protect this, like, to me, sacred space where we can reflect and think and talk and discuss and share and be vulnerable without, you know, obsessing over future external validation or ads or anything like that. And again, like, not to say that we won't do ads or that we won't grow. Obviously, I want Tigris to reach many, many people. But I think for me, it kind of hit me a couple months ago where I was starting to really fixate on a lot of hater comments. And I was starting to try to get back into the heart of Tigris, but having this cloudiness in my head over, okay, but am I saying the right thing that will help the podcast grow? And I think that that growth mindset, you know, especially in this capitalistic world, becomes dangerous because it takes me away from the root and the heart of what this is, which is, you know, not to go out and make a fuck ton of money, but this is to find my, you know, my my soulmate community and to just share and have that audio diary ness, you know, like the beauty of a journal is that it's not for anybody else, but it's for you. And you know, I think it's very, um, you know, maybe remnants of the girl boss in me that's like, oh, I'm going to make my journal into a podcast. But like, you know what? I'm so thankful for this community and I'm so thankful for also this space where like, this is kind of what it takes for me to just sit and stare and look internally and just think about if I ripped all the band-aids off, all the filters off, all the concern over whether or not, for example, TikTok's going to get taken down for like an inappropriate subject because I might want to talk about desire and pleasure. Like this podcast is where I can share that and where I can find that really unfiltered community. And I don't know. I think that for me, a few months ago, it kind of hit me like when I was trying to come up with topics for this podcast where I was like, I think I kind of lost the sense of like why I'm doing this in the first place. And like, I remember maybe the last episode that I recorded before I took this little break for the last couple months is I sat down and I wrote down all these different episode topics that I could do. And I found myself going through each of them thinking, will that, will people like that? Um, you know, how many people do I think would share that? What would, do I think will have more listeners or less listeners? And it just made me kind of sad because it's like, I want, like, that's not why I'm doing this. And yeah, so. Anyways, I took the last few months to kind of, you know, just recalibrate, do a lot more yoga. Um, I've been doing a lot more cooking and showering without making content of it, but like really trying to get away from, I think this BPD trap that I personally have of like getting myself into habits where I'm living for the camera or for content, you know, which quite literally is external validation as my therapist points out, like you know, it really has. And I've talked about this, you know, on this podcast before of like taking showers and making content about taking showers and then getting into this mindset where I'm only taking showers for the content. And then if I'm not going to make content, then why the fuck would I take a shower? Right. It, it sounds so absurd when I say it out loud, but like that is a trap that I fall into is as someone who's grown up as an influencer for like the last eight years um, or just being, you know, having gone through places where I was really addicted to work or that external validation, like it's a dangerous spiral. It is not something that I am proud of. It's not something that I want to have so much attachment to. And for me, the danger is not just that I won't take a shower. It's that like, 
if I'm not making that content or seeing that validation for everything that I do, then I kind of start to feel worthless. And like, I think that's when, you know, my suicidal ideation even like does kick in. And so to me, I think that like, again, that's what the last couple months were. It was taking a break from Tigris. It was going back to some journaling. Like I've done so many voice memo, audio diary, Tigris things that are probably never going to see the light of day. I've made, you know, videos even with my youngest sister, like on photo booth, like we used to when we were kids. And it's not going to go anywhere. It's just for us. And I love making content. I love sharing. I love reflecting. I love getting vulnerable with people and like making this connection. And I just really appreciate everybody for understanding because I I don't think I really had this language to verbalize it. It was just like catching myself with little red flags over, uh-oh, unhealthy, you know, mindset here of, I don't know, just doing and existing in content and in my emotions and in my feelings for not the reasons of why I want to do this. Um, and yeah, so I'm really, really excited to be back. I feel like I have really looked at the list of, you know, the 50 plus episodes that I've done so far on this podcast over the last couple of years and not going through the numbers of what performed well, what, what didn't perform well, but I really tried to go in and think like, what was the most real? Like, where was I the least associated, the least checked out, but the most, you know, invested in this is the true me. This is the me that I want to be and the me that feels like who I am at my core, even when I take all the noise and the opinions and the thoughts away. Like, I do feel really confident on certain things. Like, I feel confident in starting to feel more connected to my body and, you know, maybe in my intelligence and how I think of things. Although I do, I don't always have the most confidence in my intelligence. But, you know, like I am very self-critical and I think that it's, it's hard because you end up trying to be a people pleaser when you fall into that trap. And it's hard sometimes being on social media. Oh my God, I'm going to get emotional. Ugh, ugh. Um, you know, sometimes being on social media where I feel like part of my job is to get just the worst comments every day from, you know, the death threats that honestly don't bother me because I'm just like, it, I think it's become kind of what I'm used to. And it's just so ridiculous to me that talking about mental health or being a survivor or talking about fucking periods is that controversial. But I feel like sometimes it feels like an inherent part of my job that I live with that. And there are comments that really hurt. Like I do talk a lot about being a survivor or lately I've been making even TikToks that are about past experiences of being groomed or, you know, experiences of having microaggressions or macroaggressions um, for being Asian American. And naturally, of course, there will be wonderful, beautiful comments from other survivors out there, other Asian Americans, other women, other menstruators. Um, and, you know, the supportive allies out there too. But there's also a lot of comments that are really awful. Like, as soon as I talk about grooming or being a survivor, there's a slew of comments that say, you know, we don't believe you, you're lying, you're just doing it for attention. And as much as I've been living with those comments on my content about being a survivor, like, that still fucking hits me. And, you know, three hours later, after I see that one comment from a troll or a stranger, I might be in a yoga class thinking about, how no one believes me. And the fear of not being believed is something that I felt 
since I was a kid, right? Like not wanting to tell anybody what was happening or what I was going through because I felt like I didn't have physical proof. And to see that those comments sometimes in mass or even in like things people are posting about what I'm sharing, like it's really hard to see. And I wish I could have thicker skin and not have it bother me, but it does. And I, I think that sometimes I just feel like people, even like the trolls out there, like don't understand that or maybe they do and that's their goal. But honestly, I think that that has really gotten into me. And I think, you know, as I've I just hit four million followers on TikTok, which is really exciting because I don't even think I was at a million when I started this podcast, like, you know, a year ago or something. But, you know, now I have four million followers and I don't think TikTok is what it used to be. I think the platform has become so oversaturated and there are so many influencers and so many people making content, so many people going viral that. The algorithm starts to feel, honestly, what I think Facebook started to feel like, like six years ago, which is that everybody's competing for these views and this attention that what the platform feeds off of is controversy because controversy or cancel culture, things that make people mad or bring out, you know, real angry emotions in them are the things that, you know, garner enough of an emotional reaction for someone to leave a comment or to share. And so for me, like the content that I love making around just like period health or answering period questions, you know, don't do as well as the videos where I'm talking about something that is really personal. But I don't think it goes viral because I'm talking about something personal or because the subject matter matters to me. But it's because the subject of what I'm talking about is irking something in people to the point where they feel they can and they need to or they want to leave hateful comments and people will respond and get into these fights within the comments. And it fucking sucks, right? Like, and I think that I've done a lot of work and just a lot of reflection to make sure that I don't feel like I need to respond to every single comment because I just don't have the energy and I don't want to fixate on it. Um, and I think, and it, you know, for me, like, I also think it's important for me to read comments or be in tune with that because I am constantly learning, you know, what it means to be creating content and to have this platform. And there's a lot that I need to learn. and. There are comments that are helpful. There are comments that are lovely. I met some of my best friends in the comment sections of social media. But it's also hard, you know, like, and I, I get that, you know, I say all this and people are like, well, you fucking signed up for it. Like, if you're going to share personal things on social media, you're going to get people saying shit about your personal life. And there are things that I'm so public about, but I, I'm also someone who really values privacy. Like, I... I'm not super social. Um, I'm, I mean, as you can tell, I'm literally sitting alone in a bedroom talking to, um, you know, talking to, to myself um, quite literally, but I'm so excited to hear what all of you think. But, you know, I think that it just gets me to a point of like, I don't know, I think over the last few months, it just feels different. Like it feels kind of like darker and meaner and people are more angry and it just is not a great place to be online. And, you know, I was recently talk to, talking to a journalist who I was sharing some of these emotions with. And, you know, they asked me, well, why don't you just quit? Like, why don't you just not do this anymore? Or why don't you pass off your PR to someone else? And I was like, first of all, PR costs like fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 a month sometimes. And like, I personally cannot cover that at this moment. That's way more than my salary. but. I also think at the same time, like I reflect on my life and so many of the issues 
or the struggles in my mental health have been caused by social media. But again, so much of the beauty in my life has also been because of social media. It's how I found my community when I was, before I was even like an influencer. It was how I found content that inspired me. It was how I found stories of other survivors, even like how like using it as search engine to ask questions about my own period when I was hitting puberty or, you know, asking about sex or how sex worked. And, um, you know, the internet and social media is also how I've grown so much of my career from organizing, lobbying, brand awareness, you know, um, doing these large grassroots campaign where social media was the free tool that we had all the way to, you know, now being a TikToker and having that really be able to support the business that I'm so deeply passionate about. I think that for me, like the last couple of months, I think we're just a little bit of a wake up call of like, hey, Nadia, little Nadia, you are kind of getting to a point where you're losing yourself again in content, like starting to live for content and not live for yourself. And I think the layer beneath that is starting to live for external validation because you don't feel worthwhile on your own, but you need external validation from others to feel worthwhile, or you need some sort of metric that you can measure about how much, I don't know, like how much, how, like why you need to be on this earth. Like that is the darkest way to put it. But like, I think in my darker moments, that's kind of, that is like how I feel. And that's something that I need to work on. So I took a couple months off and I'm slowly starting to feel better and I'm excited to be back. So catch me every Wednesday. Again, I'm going to try to be more communicative about how kind of where I am thinking about this. And um, yeah, I'm excited to be back with y'all. And we have so much to catch up about. Bye, everybody. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.